Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 318th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're out in Los Angeles for Super Bowl 56. And today we talk to Falcons owner Arthur Blank at length about some of the issues the team is facing, including last season. Were they competitive? We get an update on Calvin Ridley. How's the Matt Ryan situation playing out? Uh, covered a lot of ground with the Falcons owner today. And let's start out here with what he had to say about the 2021 season. How'd you feel? I know you, you said uh, going into the season you wanted them to be competitive mm-hmm. that they uh, passed the test. Yeah, I, I think so. I think when you you know, you know win seven games and all in the last possession, I think that, that speaks to the team as competitive. I think the coaches uh, did a great job in terms of, you know, clock management, game calling, defensive, offensive, flame balls. I think our players were prepared to play and play with intensity and competitively right up to the very end of the games. And uh, so I think that bodes well for the, you know, the, the transition, the cultural transition that we didn't have the year before. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about where we are. I think that we've got a great coach in Coach Smith. I think he'll be outstanding for a long time. I think Terry Fontenot, our general manager, has is, is, is got, you know, great background, great training. Has brought a lot of good ideas to us, and uh, did, I think I did a great job in a year when the cap was dramatically reduced to try to bring in a lot of one-year players that played at a very high level. And you know, we're going to go through the roster and they're going through it and try to continue to sign as free agents players that were important to us. Um, that's a progression you have to go through; it just isn't done you know, overnight. But we're moving in that direction, and that's what our commitment is. And then, obviously, we'll be appropriately active in free agency, and then. Um, then you know during the draft, you know, uh, so. And how's that collaboration going with Terry and uh, and Arthur? Coach, really well. I mean, there's a lot of. It's really interesting. I think you know we hired Terry Fontenot first, and he had never worked with um, you know with Coach Smith, which really, in a lot of ways, is really a, a good thing. Sometimes in the league, this you know this fraternity and. And sometimes it's a, you know, it's very connected, and you hire people you've worked with in the past, which I understand. Uh, on the other hand, Terry had never worked with him, but you know, before when we first started to talk to Terry, after we decided to hire him about the coaching candidates that we had, he actually proactively, without us asking him, had gotten on the phone and called Coach Smith, and he spent time with him on the phone. So by the time it, you know, we had the conversation with, with Terry, I mean, he, he, he was, he said, yeah, I know Coach Smith. I've had conversations with him about, you know, philosophy, systems, schemes, things of that nature, and, uh, and we're very much aligned. So I, I, I think it's critical uh, that a general manager and head coach, you know, be on the same page. doesn't mean they agree on everything. They, they don't and they shouldn't. But it means there's a level of respect and, um, and they want to listen to each other. So they do it with ears that are wide open and saying, well, you know, I have a certain view on a player and what's your view and why is that? And, you know, I see that 
almost on a weekly basis. I see them have those kind of thoughtful conversations. And uh, today we sat through the uh, the commissioner conference yes. and a lot about diversity yes, and hiring a head coaching process. How can that be uh, fixed? Well, you know, I, I, I think I would start out with this and I'd you know, rather be, be, be positive than negative. Every time I had this conversation with Congressman Lewis or uh, Andy Young, they always said the same thing to me. They both said the same thing to me in, independently. So can we start out being positive and talk about, you know, like history, where we've been, the progress we've made to date. So if you look at the league office, there's been tremendous progress. 2021, you know, probably 55% of the associates hired amongst the league office, which is 1,100 people, were women. 45% uh, were, were black. Um, at, 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 throughout our organizations, throughout the NFL, our personnel department, over half of it is, is, is black today, and, and in coaching staff. So I think we have to acknowledge that there's progress being made. However, having said all that, and the word but is like a human eraser, everything you said before you can erase. So, but we have failed when it comes to head, head coaches. We have not made the kind of progress that we would that we'd like to see. So, you know, I think that the, what the commissioner said this morning is, is accurate and make sure that, you know, we're doing all this correctly and bringing people from the outside, bringing, you know, versions of Coach Flores throughout the league, wherever they may exist, um, and really just be a good listener and bring in people from the outside of the NFL that are embedded in the NFL who've got proven track records in these areas and try to understand, well, you know, how did they make progress? You cannot have a situation where you have three black head coaches in the NFL out of 32 franchises where you have 70% plus of your players are African-American. It's not a defendable position, and, and, and it's not. So um, that's what needs to change. And I think that, you know, I happen to serve in the DEI committee. Um, I'm going to roll up my sleeves, do everything that I, that I can, so we'll be able to make sure those pools are as big as they need to be. Well, all right, let's get back to Arthur Blank here. We uh, had to break up our interview into two sessions. He uh, went and did a little interview with the NFL Network, and then we reconvened in the uh, Radio Row area to talk about several topics, starting with what the succession plan is for quarterback Matt Ryan. I know a lot of people want to run I uh, want them to draft a quarterback that wanted Justin Fields last year. I had uh, Justin in the mock draft myself. Folks are getting all up in arms over Malik Willis, the fine quarterback out of Westlake High and Liberty. Probably not an eighth overall pick, but folks still are uh, clamoring for a new quarterback. So we asked the owner, what's the deal with a succession plan for Matt Ryan? I'd say our fans, I mean, should look for a succession plan, and I think that's, you know, that's not, you know, that's not improper. It doesn't show a lack of confidence in Matt, but, you know, I mean, father time will get to all of us. It's just the way it works. The human body isn't designed to, you know, uh, live to 150. So, you know, Matt has given us great you know, 14 years since 2008. He's still playing at a very high level. He and Coach Smith are on the same page. Uh, sometimes you'll have a head coach or an offensive coordinator that doesn't see the world the same way as the quarterback does. I think it's a credit to Matt uh, and Coach Smith that they work very well together. I think he's been able to put in place Coach Smith, his offensive system, and Matt's mm -hmm. has you know has done very well in it. Mm -hmm. So you know I think we'll continue to assess that and continue to look at it. Matt looks at it. 
from his standpoint, from his health, his family, and we look at it as well as in terms of, you know, we have an obligation to the franchise and to our fans to make sure we have a smooth transition from Matt Ryan to the next great quarterback. And uh, Calvin Ridley, how tough was it watching his situation where he's trying it was to... very difficult, DL, because he's, you know, he's a, a great young man. Um, and, you know, we all go through trauma in our lives in one form or fashion, and you know, sadly, he's, I mean, his, his trauma came out, obviously, this year and triggered by, you know, a variety of things. And he's getting all the professional counseling that uh, that anybody could expect him to get. And he's been great about it. Um, uh, he cares deeply about football. He wants to play. Um, and we continue to find ways to support him and hopefully elect to stay with us and play with us. But, you know, you just don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, he may feel like, you know, I need a fresh start someplace else for whatever reason. But um, we, uh, you know, we love the young man. I uh, love his performance. Um, always got a handshake. Um, very respectful. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But uh, this, during this difficult time for him, we've been, we've stood by his side, which is what we should do. And uh, about the stadium, how do you, is this winning or just get the fans back? Or, you know, I know folks have been complaining about the PSLs on the Mike Miller show and stuff. Um, I haven't heard a lot of complaints about the PSLs, and I think, you know, we have a competitive program. There are all, well over half the teams in the NFL have, you know, have PSLs in place. It's probably even higher than that now. Mm -hmm. Last time I looked, it was about half. Um, so, you know, I mean, our, you have to look at all in ticket prices. What's the ticket price? What's the PSL? Mm -hmm. How much you're paying to get into the building, et cetera? I think when you look at the fan experience, we've been voted number one since we've op opened up the building. Uh, out of all 32 teams for fan experience in the NFL. And that speaks to, you know, the way our staff works. It speaks to our food and beverage, not only assortment, our pricing, our quality, et cetera, and just the way fans are treated when in the building. So I think once they're in the building, they have a great experience. Um, you know, I think we need to win more home games. <laughs> we were a little better last year on the road than we were at home, and, and that's, you know, and that's not normal. It's not a good thing. But... On the other hand, you know, about seven games that we won, we won them all in the last possession, which speaks to, you know, a cultural understanding of being able to perform, you know, at the highest possible level when the pressure is at its highest. And I think mm -hmm. that speaks well for the coach and the coaches and the players. And so, uh, free agency's next, but yeah. how excited are you for the draft? Some people hump up. Well, I know uh, that the free agency yeah. has to happen Well, first, I, so. I think I mean, the first thing I'm excited for is that we're spending time going through our roster evaluation and having you know the coach and Terry and their respective staffs working on our own players. I mean, the players that you know, we know have performed at a very high level, we want to invest in, we want to make sure they're part of the franchise going forward. And there's a number of those players. And then we look at free agency, you know, and we want to be as active as it makes sense for us to be. Salary cap goes up, up this year. We're not in, in quite the pressure that we had last year. Not to say that there's not pressure. There is, but it's not as extreme as it was this last year. And then, of course, you know, we have, you know, we have the draft to go through, and we're excited about the positions we have in the draft. And you know, the draft is fairly deep in areas that I think we'll probably need some help. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, and our personnel department uh, is going to do an outstanding job. I think Terry's done a great job in putting them together. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll uh, make the picks when we have the opportunity to do it. And uh, do you, can you all learn something from the Bengals' rapid rise? To, you know, yeah, I was just, just too yeah, no, I'm just to comment. It was really this what's kind of unique about this Super Bowl is you have two teams mm -hmm. 
that are both here, you know, playing in the final game of the year, and they've been built entirely differently. Mm -hmm. So in the one case, the Bengals, you know, they had an opportunity. They drafted a great young quarterback in, in Joe Burrow, and they've put pieces around him. They've also drafted wide receivers. They're very active in free agency this year, which is not typical for the Bengals. Mm -hmm. um, and they made a lot of good choices. They made a lot of good investments this year, and those players have played well for them. So, you know, I mean, that's one route, and that's the more traditional route, and mm -hmm. I would say that's probably the route that we would typically follow ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have the Rams. I mean, you know, less need work for mm -hmm. us for mm -hmm. a long, long time, and, you know, he's not a general manager there. and. I think the next first-round pick is probably in 2050. I don't know when it's way down the road. I mean, they've traded away a lot of their uh, first and second-round picks to accumulate selections uh, in, in, you know, later rounds. And uh, so that philosophy is that, you know, we'd rather have more picks and, and uh, give up the first and second-round picks mm -hmm. and see if we can get bigger numbers. So, but they both work. All right, and last one. Yeah. Kyle Pitts. What are yeah. you? Are you excited for his future? Oh, ab ab absolutely. I mean, if you're not excited for Kyle Pitts' future, then, I mean, I, if you could buy stock in Kyle Pitts, I'd buy stock in Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's, you know, he's a, he was a fourth pick in last year's draft. So, um, you know, he's he's a special player. Everything mm -hmm. that we had projected him mm -hmm. to be athletically, he is all of that. Plus, mm -hmm. our fans saw it this year on, you know, a 17-game schedule. Uh, he set a number of records, and, and it was close to other records. And... Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, to me, you take all of that, but then you take the human being. He's got a lot of humility. He's a great listener. He wants to learn. He wants to, so he talks to everybody he can, not just, you know, not just position-wise, but the quarterback. And I think he and Matt are developing a, a tremendous relationship, and their synchronization is only going to get better as, as time goes on, as they work, work together. So, you know, I, uh, I think we made a very wise choice, and... Uh, I think he'll be a Falcon for a very long period of time. Okay, I just started last when I was I was yeah. bugging coach about. I was like, yeah. hey, what's the plan to fix the lines? He got all mad at me. He got mad at you? Well, yeah. He shouldn't get mad at you. He, he was, well, well he, he, yeah. he didn't get mad. But, no, I, I understand. But, I mean. You're talking about the offensive line or defensive both, line? Okay, yeah. both of them. I think that's fair. A bunch of sacks well, and, I, and you're well, not getting well, any sacks. Well, yeah, well, I, I, think, I think they're both fair. priority? Um, you know, I, if you look at our, our defensive line, I mean, we have a. All-American, all-pro, all-everything person in Grady Jarrett who mm -hmm. continues to play at a very, very high level. And I would say, you know, we have some other players that have, that have shown well this year, but, you know, we have a ways to go. We have some young, really good talent, mm -hmm. some of which we've drafted in the last year or two. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say, you know, certainly our DL and pressure, mm -hmm. uh, wherever it comes from, okay. DEs or linebackers mm -hmm. or whatever it comes from scheme-wise, mm -hmm. Uh, and that means it can come out of the out of the out of the stand someplace. Mm -hmm. Don Dean Pease, you can call you know some some guy jump out of the stand, put mm -hmm. pressure on the quarterback. So, you know, I I, I think that pressure is really really important. Mm -hmm. These great quarterbacks, if you don't get them to move, mm -hmm. um, if you give them too much time, I mean, I don't care. Almost any quarterback in the league, you're going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think we got to continue to find ways to bring more pressure. And I think on the offensive line, mm -hmm. you got to be really objective about it and go through every yeah, single yeah. position and make sure that. You know, look at and they look at every position, every player by sacks given up, et cetera, et cetera. And mm -hmm. some areas are a little deficient. And some of that is you have players that are relatively new. So you have someone like Jalen Mayfield, young man, um, I think is going to have a good future for us. But, mm -hmm. you know, he's going through a first year transition. Mm -hmm. Matt Hennessy, you know, first full year, you know, playing center. So, I mean, there are other, other questions as, as well. And, and I think they understand now 
more clearly who they have and who they don't have mm -hmm. in each of those positions. And mm -hmm. I think they'll be looking at free agency and draft, you know, with a little different uh, filter than they have in the past. So um, it's not a criticism of anybody, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, we can't let Matt. I mean, Matt is 37 Seven now. You know, and we, and we don't, I mean, you know, we want to extend his career as long as we can. Um, mm -hmm. And making sure he doesn't get hit, sacked, you know, 45 times a year, um, is is one of the ways to do that. Okay. It also means not just him getting sacked, but it means that you know we're losing losing production on plays. Mm -hmm. uh, and even if he's not getting sacked, he's getting hit. He's under pressure. He doesn't have time to make all his progressions. So it's a there's a variety of things that go into that mm -hmm. that are really important. It's not just a matter of sacks. Mm -hmm. We covered a lot of ground here with Falcons owner Arthur Blank here in uh, Los Angeles a few days before Super Bowl 56 where the Los Angeles Rams will take on the Cincinnati Bengals. We also, uh, you know, had some time to talk with him about, hey, Calvin Ridley. There's a little bit to unpack there. He kind of says, hey, you know, maybe he might need a fresh start somewhere else. So we'll be posting an item about that. And then in free agency, he said, hey, you know, there's not uh, pressure. The salary crap pressure that they had last year, it's, uh, uh, so they got a little bit more room. He likes the fact that the staff is looking at the roster and going to make some decisions on where to go in free agency. We'll also discuss Kyle Pitts and how they're going to have to get better on the offensive and defensive lines. So with that, I might as well share my Super Bowl pick right here. There's no way to say, well, hey, the Bengals are going to block Aaron Donald and they're going to get out of here with the victory. But we're going to pick the Cincinnati Bengals because we know Matthew Stafford, we want to see. I know a lot of people in Georgia want to see him do well. Uh, but the fact remains, he still throws the ball to the other team a whole lot. Through an red zone interception against the uh, 49ers, threw one up that should have been caught by uh, Jarkiski Trout. And this Bengals secondary, they um they can they can mix, they can match, they can morph, they can zone, they can play man. I don't know how they stop Cooper Cup, but hey, that's what that's why we're gonna play this game on Sunday. I don't know how he stopped Cooper Cup. I don't know how he block Aaron Donald. I don't know how he get open against Jalen Ramsey. So you know, football wise tells you, hey, pick the Rams. They're at home. Uh, whatever uh, home fans they have here, you know, that's uh, going to be a slight advantage. But the people in L.A. know that the Rams don't have any fans yet. Uh, so you know, San Francisco came in here and took over this stadium. But they will have more fans probably than the Bengals for Super Bowl 56. So, I mean, everything is saying Rams, 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 Rams. But my football Spidey sense says, hey, pick those Bengals. They haven't ever won a Super Bowl Probably long overdue, and I'm sure Paul Brown will be smiling somewhere up in that uh, up in the football heavens if the Bengals pull this game out, as I'm about to predict by the final score of 31 Cincinnati to 27 for the Los Angeles Rams. There you go. That's my Super Bowl pick, and uh, you can come at me on Twitter all Sunday if it doesn't go that way. Take care and have a great. Rest of your week.
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.